Welcome back to another exciting episode of Talking Sack. Uh, yet again, you guessed it, we have Liz. Uh, it is our weekly NASCAR slash miscellaneous episode. Uh, how, how are you, uh, Liz? Oh, I'm doing great. Uh, great there, Jackson. Uh, there's some real good racing this weekend. Some uh, money playing, all-star race, a million dollars on the line. So, yeah, no, a lot to talk about in the NASCAR world and in the cover music industry world. So, yeah, let's get down to it with the NASCAR. So, this week they're at Kentucky. I am I understand you watched not a second of this race, Jackson. Not a one. <laughs> that, is, that is good. Uh, you actually won the uh, contest between us. Because Denny uh, actually finished uh, higher than my choice, Chase Elliott, in the actual cup race. So that's good. Well, so I, I don't I don't know what we're doing for points, but we'll just say that I have at least one more point than you. So that's good. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll just count it by week. So you're up one nothing. Jackson wins Kentucky. I'm <laughs> I just I'm gonna guess my way to victory every week. It's gonna be so great. Oh yeah, why not? Why not? Just whoever finishes higher. I like it. Wins don't count enough in the current meta, so let's make them count. That's all that matters. Let's say if you, whoever has the highest gets one point, and if you guess the winner, you get three points. Makes sense to me. There you go. Okay. Okay, so neither of us guessed the winner, though, so that's, a, no. that's an issue. If uh, Chase Elliott had one, I would have won $35. Damn, <laughs> you bet you bet on the race. I bet him and uh, I bet like three dollars or something that him and Hamilton would win. That Hamilton would win the F one and Chase would win the win the race. Hmm. Yeah, and the NASCAR. I, I never once bet on sports. I don't. I don't want to get into it because I feel like I'll uh, I'll get addicted to it. You'll abuse it. I'll abuse it because I'll be too good at it. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, no, for sure. Like yeah. yeah. Like Mr. McGillicuddy in Money Play. Sick callback. <laughs> hey man, we do we we have a we have a brand to maintain. Anyway, the race. Yes. It was right. a, it was a, it was a good race. Um, it was interesting because uh, off the bat, Harvick just was falling straight back, and he's been the fastest guy basically all year. Um, so that was interesting. He fell all the way to seventh. Uh, Brad was doing bad too uh eric amarola led the majority of the first sector and then i'm not really sure what happened after that um or what why that why he didn't um continue on there there wasn't really a reason i think he just he got he was a little slow on the pit and just wasn't that much faster than everybody else to stay above but i didn't really see what happened to him um because he won the first stage and then didn't really do anything else. Um, Hamlin fell back a bunch, your guy, but then he came all the way back to finish above uh, Chase, who was running fast, but then uh, just bad third sector. So he, or uh, final, final. Um, but a lot of people had bad finals because. Uh, Harvick was up there for the win after the bad start, but then they were four wide, obviously, on the last lap and came 
came together and uh rookie Cole Custer actually won the race uh thus qualifying him for the all-star race on which was on Wednesday so that was interesting uh a rookie um rookie won won the race um and qualified him almost certainly for the playoff as well so we'll have at least one one rookie in the uh in the 16 and he's a he's a fast driver he's in uh, one of the Stuart Haas I believe and uh they're they're a good team um obviously with that with that backing the F1 and the uh the NASCAR and Indy background there so um is uh is Cole Custer the new uh dark horse candidate to win the cup this year I I still like your your dark horse uh pick of Blaney um just because he, Blaney's been more consistently fast over a longer period of time than mm-hmm. Custer has. Um, the the rookie, the hot rookie going into the weekend was uh, Reddick. There was a lot of money on Reddick to win the, or you know, a good amount. He was only like you know plus eighteen hundred or something to win the race, which was pretty low for a guy of his, you know, who's never won a Cup race. Um, but, uh, he, he obviously, uh, did not win this race. Um, this whole rookie class, man, is crazy. There's just so many good guys who are like young. (laughs) Yeah. I noticed that too. Like I started watching, I didn't watch NASCAR for the last like two years. And then I, uh, watched like a couple races at the beginning of the year and they were, uh, they've kept talking about how great their rookie class of all things is good this year with uh, Custer being one of them. The other one being, uh, I already forgot his name, Byron. Is he a rookie this year? No, Byron Byron is not a rookie. He's in his like third year, maybe. I, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uh, uh, By- Byron's a youngin, though. He's only like 21 or 22. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, that's, that's the other thing. He, you know, Bubba is like 26. And is now like the middle driver in the field in a sport that's traditionally been much older. Like you'd have forty-five-year-olds, fifty-year-olds starting every week. I mean, Harvick's forty-five. Danny's, you know, forty-one or something. Yeah, and they're still winning almost every race. So. Right. Age is uh, age has never really been a huge factor, I suppose, in NASCAR. I mean, it is kind of after a while, but. Uh, I, I mean, like, I guess 40s isn't, you can still be in your prime in the 40s, and where in other sports, I guess the more uh, body-oriented sports, they would probably be. Well, even even faster categories of racing, more physical categories of racing often have uh, people who are younger. Like, uh, there are no 40, 40-year-olds in, you know, Formula One, for instance. There are a lot of, you know, 23, 24-year-olds. That's kind of the norm. 30 to 35 is kind of your prime. Is NASCAR is NASCAR the retirement of auto sports? A little bit. It, feel, it does sometimes feel like that if, you know, like Fernando Alonso or somebody, like some really high-end F1 driver, Vettel, Vettel doesn't have a job right now for next year, so he should drive NASCAR. He should come to fill one of the Hendrick spots. There are going to be like two spots at Hendrick, maybe. So, 
Yeah, because uh, Johnson's retiring, and I don't know what else they're doing. I suppose. Yeah, they're they're all. I mean, there is movement all over uh, over at uh, Penske. Um, uh, Brad's out of contract, so you know, yeah. it just wheel goes round. So if somebody fills that seat, who fills that seat? And the other thing is all the guys who. In a normal year, you probably have two rookies who are in kind of fast rides, and then you bring up two rookies the next year. There really aren't obvious. There are some good expenditure guys. I guess Gragson's probably going to get one of those rides, but um, you know, I Zane Smith or something from the Truck Series. It's just that they pulled everybody up, so it's. I think a lot of the movement is going to be guys who are already in the Cup Series rather than pulling for Mike the Xfinity ranks and stuff. Mm. And that'd be good to see if uh, Bubba can get a better car next year. That way he's not stuck in 10th place because his car's not much faster. Right. Or, like, at the All-Star race getting crashed out. Well, <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I saw that he wrecked immediately and people were getting mad at some dude online for saying it was good that he crashed or something. But that was really all I saw of the All-Star race. Yeah, no, people did in the open. So to qualify for the actual main event All-Star race, which Cole Custer did by winning the Kentucky race, which we are now done talking about. Um so the all star so at the all star race they have a format where the three um uh so ev- everyone who's won a race last year from last year's Daytona to the all star race in bet- in that time anyone who's won in that time uh it qualifies and then uh the winners of the stage the stages in the open, which is for everybody else, they qualify automatically to the all-star race. And then one driver gets the fan vote. So Bubba got crashed out on lap two of the uh, open, basically, just right into the wall. He was bump drafting off this dude, McDowell, went around him. McDowell didn't like it, kind of slid up the track, hit him. Um Hit him, turned him around right into the wall. Bubba stays done off to the hauler. Uh, Bubba cut a pretty good promo on him, saying that he'll probably send some, you know, God-fearing, you know, BS, you know, tweet, calling him a hypocrite, basically. <laughs> and uh, and then dropped, the, dropped his um, fucked-up fender right in front of their hauler and then just walked away, which everybody thought was pretty funny. I was listening on the radio, and they they thought it was hilarious on the Motor Racing Network. <laughs> well, yeah, I uh, I don't have much really to say about the race. Uh, I know that uh, Chase Elliott won, I believe. Yeah, yeah, Chase Chase won the um, Chase won the race. What's frustrating, or what was frustrating about the Bubba crash was, so there was the fan vote, right? Bubba would have won that. Mm-hmm, probably he, and he he won a stage last year too so in that so he's one he's one he'd be one of the faster guys in those 20 so you expect him to get through because the other guys who got through were like amarola um uh to and uh byron so other guys in that sort of like fast but 
can't win sort of cars, they and he would be the next guy up in that. So he would have gotten through one of the ways. So it's just it's frustrating. <laughs> oh yeah, I can't imagine. So um yeah, no, but Chase won and Chase as we all know is the most popular driver in the entire series, either him or Bubba. Um and uh very popular among the hardcore fans because there were fans at the All-Star race, 30,000 or something. Yeah, I saw that. It was like the they were bragging that it was the largest sporting event or something since COVID, which not necessarily a great thing, but what you're going to do, I suppose. Right. Yeah, I mean, it definitely was. The last big one was their last race, I think. It was the biggest since their last race. Because, yeah. you know, no basketball game is getting 30K. No. And uh, uh, that's about it. Yeah. Um, but uh, what's interesting is, so he's the most popular driver, and his dad won most popular driver like a million times. Um, but so this, the, uh, all-star race was at Bristol this year. Every other year it's at Charlotte because that's their home track. Uh, but this year it was at Bristol because of COVID. Um, and, uh, what's funny is the one other time the all-star race wasn't at, um, uh, Charlotte Chase's dad won the race. (laughs) Wild. So uh, this adds on to the NASCAR's rigged conspiracy theory. Um, it's all a shoot, or it's all a work, I should say. Yeah, yeah, that, that would be it's all a work. I just think that the Elliots are weird, man. They're just, like, cursed or something. Or not cursed, but, like, certain things happen to them for a reason. NASCAR dynasties are uh, forever. Yeah, buddy. That's, that's what keeps this thing going. Bob is trying to break it. He's trying to be the first one in, you know... 40 years or whatever, whose yeah. son, brother, or, yeah, it was his son, son, brother, or father was not a previous winner. <laughs> yeah, I forgot who it was, but it was like the 80s, yeah, since the last time. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's since the 80s that it's just not an Earnhardt or an Elliot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is, I guess, su- not. it's not surprising, I suppose, because, well, uh, like children of famous people are going to instantly be more likable because they were uh, the children I mean, of people they liked. But you were a huge Dale fan. I was a huge Dale fan. Everyone loves Dale. I mean, imagine not <laughs> G- liking Dale. G- yeah, G- either Dale. Yeah, either Dale. Future U.S. President Dale Earnhardt Jr. He's <laughs> so. got my vote. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it can't be much worse. <laughs> Dale Jr. Eight. <laughs> that's just that's the only slogan is just eight. The the uh Earnhardt Gordon super ticket come twenty twenty four. Yeah. Bonkers. I guess that that's assuming that they would run on a Republican platform, but Right. Or or the catastrophe strikes. I'm never I'm never uh, ruling out catastrophe, but yeah. <laughs> N- not this year, man. <laughs> no. But I, I'm pretty sure the world's going to end before November 7th anyways, so... <laughs> yeah, who cares? There ain't going to be no election. <laughs> All right, let's get... Uh, we have next week's races in Texas, uh, the O'Reilly's 500. Uh, do you have any uh, predictions for that race? Or And we got to do our who you think's going to win, but what is your, what is your overall uh, look at the <laughs> Texas race? <laughs> 
I mean, te- Texas is a fun circuit. They can go. F- it's similar to Kentucky in some ways in that they can go kind of three wide anywhere, four wide anywhere. You'll see the cars slide around a lot. It's a fast track. Um, good track. Uh, I think there are going to be fans there, too, which is uh, not ideal. Tennessee is not having as bad an outbreak as Texas is. Um, so that's that'll be uh, interesting to see. But um yeah, no, it should it should be a good race overall. Um, Texas is in that same vein as the other, like Vegas, Atlanta, and Kentucky are all kind of at least theoretically similar. Um, and yeah, so I, I'm excited for it. And I am going to, so the last two races I picked, the guy I picked has then won the next race, not the race I picked him for, because <laughs> I picked you Denny picked to win. You picked two weeks ago? No, I didn't pick Cole Custer. I picked um I picked Denny, but I put picked um Denny to win the first race and then he won the second. Oh, I see. And then I picked um Chase to win Kentucky, but then he won the All Star. <laughs> right. Okay. So uh who who are you going for uh this week? Okay, so this week to win I like I will say, let's go off the board a little bit. William Byron to get Ooh. his first victory. You're going a little crazy there. Uh, I respect it. Uh, the 24 car, normally a fast car. Uh, he did. He he's done pretty well this season. He hasn't got a win though. Uh, yeah, he looked good in the All Star race. I think he's got some confidence coming out out of that. If he can just not make a d- dumb mistakes, he will. He's got a fast car underneath him, so I, I like him. The Hendricks have looked good the last couple weeks, too. Uh, I think this week, looking at the field here a little bit, just doing a little picking, uh, I'm going to go with uh, my dark horse candidate, Ryan Blaney, uh, to pick up an, another win this week at Texas. He normally does good at like the bigger speedways. He's done good at Talladega. Uh, he got sixth last week, and so it's similar track. Uh, so I, I know he'll be fast, and he's starting, I think, second. So. Yeah, that's a that is a good pick, man. So you've got you're on Blaney, and I am on uh, uh, Byron Blaney and Byron. Which means this week Kyle Busch will be getting his first victory. So right yep. after we predicted it like six times. <laughs> yeah. The one week neither of us pick it, it's definitely going to be Kyle Busch. <laughs> Absolutely. So if you are a gambler, gambler or currently on the money plane, uh, put it put it all on Kyle. Yeah. When you when you least expect Kyle Busch, it's Kyle Busch. So. Right. No one ever wants it to be Kyle Busch. But oh my God! Speaking speaking, Kyle, he was so mad at the All Star race. He finished second, and he was still furious. I I don't I like just his interview. He was just mad at his team. He just didn't think the car was good enough. Well, you know that's yeah. It it, it was, but it was funny because he finished second, and you know it's just like okay, man. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I I don't understand him, but I guess you got to be perfection a perfectionist. Right, and he's a two-time champ for a reason. It's just no one else talks like that you know you, they go up to denny and regardless of what happens the first thing out of his mouth is hey i just want to th- thank this 11 team man 
these FedEx 11 teams has really been going good in this Toyota, man. And everyone goes, wow, what a guy. And Kyle was just like, that car fucking sucked. <laughs> fucking Kyle, dude. Ruining everything he, for everyone else. Right. He, he's a, he's a uh, F, he gives the F1 answer. And everyone else gives the NASCAR answers. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see. Uh, we'll see if Kyle Busch pulls out his first victory this week. Um, if not, then maybe it's hopefully it's one of ours. So at least we can look smart uh, and at least know what we're talking about, even though I have absolutely no idea what I'm talking about ever. Uh, I I only have the vaguest idea. And honestly, picking race winners is tough, man. <laughs> it's a tough business. Yeah, I think if you if you just pick like harvick hamlin or bush every week you'll be right at least like 30 percent of the time so right it's the worst that could happen uh so now that we're off of the nascar talk uh, you have wanted to uh, talk about cover songs for at least what looks like a month now uh so we're gonna get into a little conversation about that for a little bit uh so uh, i prepared a list of my favorite cover songs i understand that either you have or you just know them off the top of your head uh, but what are what are some of your uh, all-time favorite covers or just some underrated covers that you think people should know about? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so one that I think is uh, um, that – so we asked on Twitter, and one I didn't see actually was Proud Mary by CCR and then the Tina Turner cover. Uh, um, I saw one person say it. Anyway, that's a fantastic – fantastic cover that was actually the first on my list i wrote down them sort of in categories and that's under my category of both were great both the cover and the original were great along with hurt boys of summer which obviously is the song that got us talking about all this Mm -hmm. and then yeah um those were three of those what are some you've got down um some ones that i actually didn't see that i was surprised about is I didn't see any of the Nirvana live covers, uh, Man Who Sold the World or Lake of Fire, either one of those. Uh, those are always normally popular ones when I see them, but I think Man Who Sold the World is definitely one of my favorite ones. Um, I do... I, I'm i a big fan of the... I guess, like, a cliche answer is the Johnny Cash Hurt cover, but I actually, like... I think I prefer the original to that one. It's one of... It's a weird hill that I die on, that I prefer the original of Hurt. Um, I mean, the fact is, they're both fantastic. No one can really. Leona Lewis does a cover that's very, very good. (laughs) You know, so it's just like it's a really good song, and if it's performed by good people, it's going to be good. Yeah, that's that's the thing that I like good cover songs of is I don't I like it when they're different genres doing it because if you're just going to be the same genre and just perform the song uh, in the same light, it's going to get scrutinized a lot more. So it's always better when it's just like a completely different genre, like Hurt, uh, the Nine Inch Nails one is more of an industrial one, and the Johnny Cash is more of a country song. So seeing those contrasted is always really good. Um, let's see. What other, what other ones do I got? Uh, sorry, I, uh, I have on my phone, and I'm trying not to, like, repeat things. Uh, crashed. Uh, name some awful. I'm waiting. <laughs> okay, um, I've got... Uh... I Will Always Love You uh, by Whitney Houston, but uh, oh, yeah. originally by Dolly Parton, wrote the same day as Jolene, which also has a fantastic cover by Miley Cyrus. But uh, I Will Always Love You falls into that same category of being two kind of different 
style of artists, even though they're both, you know, two of the great singing voices of all time. Mm-hmm. I always forget that that's a cover. I know that, I guess I, I have a vinyl of Dolly Parton, like, singing it. I just forget that the Whitney Houston version's a cover unless I get brought up. It's 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 really good when a cover song is just so good that people forget that it's a cover. Uh, or it's just, like, one version is just played a lot more. Like, uh, Tainted Love by Soft Cell is uh, played way more than the other one, I think, by Gloria Rayner? I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> Gloria Jones. My, my bad. Yeah, and there there were a number of covers of that song. Yeah, there's a lot. There's the Marilyn Manson one that's pretty good too. Yeah, and then SOS by Nirvana or by um uh Rihanna just samples it very heavily. Yeah. Well. I, uh, there was a time like in high school where that song was playing and then we realized that it was like the Tainted Love sample, at least the soft cell version because yeah. it's like the synth yeah, no, it's this it's a soft cell cover. Yeah. yeah. It was a pretty it was a pretty mind blowing sample at the time. <laughs> right. Got uh, gets the people going. Another famous one in that category of did not know it was a cover is Nothing Compares to You, uh by uh Sinead O'Connor. Yeah, Sinead O'Connor. The Irish bald Irish one. Uh her um cover of Nothing Compares to You by uh, Prince, which actually I didn't know was a cover when I first heard the song. And then it ma- made the lyrics make more sense of why they're like that, because it's how Prince writes. <laughs> but, you know, so it's a it, that's a great song. The Prince version is so good. Yeah. And uh, people on Twitter said the Chris Cornell cover of the uh, of the song is really good, too. I've heard it a couple times. I think Chris Cornell in general does really good covers. Um, he has a good cover of Imagine, uh, even though I hate that song, uh, just because it's a pretentious piece of shit. Uh, <laughs> and I also don't... He also does a really good cover of Billie Jean, which I think is pretty good. Oh, uh, the, my favorite cover of Billie Jean of all time is Jose Feliciano, who just plays the... He just plays the song, like, the beat and the... Um, and the chorus on his guitar he doesn't sing <laughs> it's just crazy yeah um i also uh the another good like michael jackson cover is the alien ant farm uh smooth criminal one uh which is just a i don't I, I like the original michael jackson one better i just think it's it's really it's one of those like classic early 2000s alt rock staple songs that people listen to all the time but right like boys of favorite. summer yeah yeah, I haven't heard Boys of Summer in forever. I just remember uh, that was like what we were talking about because we were bringing up cover songs. Yeah, no, that really, it's on the radio all the time here. Like the, you know, the station that just plays stuff you listen to at work. That, mm-hmm. sta- that station, our version of that station plays it at least once a day, one of the versions. Yeah, I, uh, I've, I've heard the older one, I think, a lot more than the cover. And I, I think I like the older one a lot more than the cover, too, just because I like the, like, it's not as whiny, I think, <laughs> not for lack of a better term, I suppose. Yeah, but they say they don't reference Black Flag, so it's as good. Think about that. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you're, you're right. You know what? <laughs> Black uh, Flag is like... better than the Grateful Dead, so. Yeah, I don't like the Grateful Dead, so. <laughs> mm. Do you like Black Flag? 
Uh, I like some of Black Flag. <laughs> That's all anyone can like of Black Flag. I don't, I don't, I, I couldn't name a bunch of their songs, I suppose. Right. There's a, I'm a, I have a lot of bands that I, like, know of, but I, like, I just couldn't name you more than one song of. Right. Another cover I really like, uh, Cigarettes After Sex does a really good cover of Neon Moon by Brooks and Dunn that I really like. It's just, like, a really, like, quiet acoustic cover of it. That's really good. Uh, I think <laughs> Musgraves has a really good version of it, too, but I don't know if it's considered a cover because it's, like, she does it with them. Casey plays it live uh, without them. Okay. I, I just know uh, there's like an album version that has them on it, which is more of like a remix than a cover, but I'm not really sure how that works. Right. I think they did that, though, because she was playing it live. Oh, you know? well, that makes sense. Then. So, you know, it, she, it was very funny when she came to Colorado. Um, she was like, everybody sing and no one knew the song because this ain't country we don't listen to brooks and dunn come on baby <laughs> you're in the heart of truth station colorado or you know whatever state <laughs> um whatever wherever you're located <laughs> yeah <laughs> but um definitely not colorado that's for yeah. sure <laughs> um but uh when she could, no one knew the song. And then I, in Vegas, when I saw her, everyone knew the song because everyone was country folk. Yeah, it's so. a America is really weird when you look at it, just the different areas you wouldn't expect. But yeah, the mountains, not big Brooks and Dunn fans, I suppose. No, and we all, you know, there's other country, like obviously Casey Musgrave sold out Red Rocks, no problem. <laughs> so there's a country scene here, it's just not. Brooks and Dunn. <laughs> yeah. Uh, bless Casey Musgraves, let me tell you. <laughs> oh. Gift. And a literal angel. Literal angel, Casey Musgraves. <laughs> uh, this is okay. the only pro-Casey Musgraves podcast. Show me another pro-Casey Musgraves podcast. I'll call you a liar. <laughs> <laughs> Casey, please DM. Casey, please DM us. <laughs> I know, I know you're going through a tough divorce right now, but <laughs> getting on the Talking Sack podcast will make you feel Absolutely. Uh, we'll have her and Andy on on the same episode. Hell yeah. That will do numbers, let me tell you. <laughs> uh, another country cover I like. I like Willie Nelson covers. I don't. He does a lot of covers, but I think my favorite might just be the Rainbow Connection one is really good. Uh, someone mentioned uh, the Scientist cover earlier, which I think is pretty good. The scientist one is good. What's funny is I think Chipotle commissioned it. Chipotle? <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. I think they commissioned it for an ad campaign because they did use it and it came out as a single right at the same time. And so I think they commissioned it. <laughs> Bless Chipotle. I don't like eating at Chipotle, but they can keep commissioning cover songs. Yeah, they can just get Willie Nelson to produce, you know, two or three good covers per year. One one thing about uh, Coldplay is they tend to cover pretty well because their songs are fairly simple, but like also like fo that sort of faux deep, you know? Yeah, but you know, I don't I don't know I don't really like Coldplay all that much, but I'm sure I'm sure Coldplay Coldplay's music isn't like that hard to make it better i suppose either no but you know there that one spe specifically the scientist has quite a few good covers it's a staple of the uh voice um 
the voice uh, blind audition scene. <laughs> uh, side note, my favorite voice audition is when they had the dude um, who made the Cupid shuffle. Uh, they had him on the show, and the dude just performed his own song, and no one turned around for him. I I loved uh, what's his name? The little what's 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 the short dude's name? CeeLo. Yeah, CeeLo. CeeLo was like, dude, why'd you play that? You're a good singer. Why didn't you sing a real song? It's yeah, like, sorry, sorry CeeLo. <laughs> he just really wanted to. By show everyone he can really murder Cupid Shuffle, which is like the easiest song to sing. Right, <laughs> all the way to the left, to the left. <laughs> yeah, it was honestly the most awkward uh, like audition I've ever seen. And I only yeah. watched that show for a couple seasons, so that that one's great. the The best of all time is the French one with the blind guy who plays uh, Lose Yourself. It's just nuts. <laughs> I've never seen that. I'll have to check that out after we're done. Yeah, he just he's like pounding on a piano like he's Jerry Lewis. He's just screaming. <laughs> that sounds amazing. It, it's very good. They all like immediately hit. It's one of those where the guy recognizes the song and just hits it. It's like, hey, that guy's playing the piano and hits the button. The voice is such a good concept. <laughs> Uh, right. and, yeah. <laughs> I guess transitioning back to covers, um, is there any cover songs um, that people normally like that you just are not a fan of? Um, one I do like, but I think is much worse than people think, is uh, "Wagon Wheel" by Darius Rucker. I didn't um, know cover. <laughs> yeah, it, it's by Old Crow Medicine Show, who just blasted out of the park in their version because they're the the thing about it is it works better with a guy who's not as good a singer as Judy is <laughs> oh yeah i mean that's that's a weird thing about a lot of country songs or at least like older ones is they're just better being like uh i don't know what the term for it is but just like a bunch of like folk songs i guess maybe yeah uh, a, a more earthy sound to put it uh charitably yeah. Yeah, so the only like cover songs I actively dislike. Uh, there's a Five Finger Death Punch cover of an Offspring song. I can't remember the name of that on the top of my head. Uh, that it's really bad. Uh, let me see if I can find the name of it so I can properly trash it. <laughs> I don't like Five Finger Death Punch in general. I think Five Finger Death Punch is like the lowest common denominator of rock music. It's just They're awful. pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, I think it's Wrong Side of Heaven. I don't. I, I could be wrong. Any right. diehard Offspring fans out there are gonna yell at me. Uh, I just know I've heard it before, and it's really bad. And they do a really bad cover of Bad Company by Bad Company. <laughs> hey, what album was that on? Uh, bad Company. It sure as hell was, Jackson. <laughs> the the initial song of Bad Company actually kind of like uh, the Five Finger Death Punch version is just horrid. Just everything they do is just bad. And then I also hate uh, the the sound of silence by Disturbed might be like my least favorite song ever. It's uh, so bad. It's, it's apocalyptic. Cover, but I hate it with every fiber of my being. I can't stand it. There was one time I was in a community college class, like a year or two ago now. Uh, I was just so we had to do like presentations over things that like mattered to us or something for like a philosophy class and this dude just showed the entire music video 
for uh, the Disturbed cover, uh, and it was the worst four minutes of my <laughs> life. I could not, I was trying not to laugh so hard and be, like, rude to this person who this song, like, means a lot to them, I guess. But, like, I don't, just listen to the original, and there's probably other covers of it uh, that are better, uh, but you could just listen to the Simon Garfunkel one. It's one of the better songs ever made. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't there's there's this like high end classic of it, and then oh, speaking of great, that that's on the bad end of um, that sort of cover. On the good end of rock bands from the early two thousands covering songs, "Faith" by Limp Bizkit is the funniest song I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> <laughs> really weird cover behind blue eyes, which is really not okay. I don't really like the Who all that much, but <laughs> yeah, that that one's more in the disturbed. You know, it crosses the line, whereas the Faith one is just incredible from start from basically when the chorus dropped. The first time I heard it, when the chorus dropped, I never laughed harder in my entire just life. High art. <laughs> it's um, so good. Corn does a really weird cover of Word Up by Cameo. That's a great one. The yeah, corn one. That's a good one. Good. I, uh, it's, he died. It's, I just remembered it. It's, it's in the, it was in the deep recesses of my mind, uh, but I just remembered it now. And I'm having a small moment, but <laughs> <laughs> such a good cover for no reason. Right. Marilyn Manson uh, has a few good ones. Um, Sweet Dreams. Yeah, made it these that's a good one. Earlier. Yeah. I'm trying to think of like a bunch of just like new metal cover songs, but I can't at the moment. Uh, there's a ton of War Pigs covers. Uh, Faith No More does a really good cover of War Pigs. Um, Cake does a really bad cover of War Pigs. <laughs> Almost on purpose. I could. I can't tell if they're trying or it's a joke, but it's really bad. The band in general or the cover? Uh, both. <laughs> I like some cake songs. I'm not gonna lie, but uh, well, I they're but they they're doing a bit, right? It's a bit. <laughs> the, the 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 band is a joke. Is that what you're Maybe. I, yeah. I, you would have to think so. I don't know. Or, like, they're not yeah. like the dude isn't singing. He's like talking over like <laughs> horns. But right. I, I just like some of the songs. Uh, I, I I do like the Fashion Nugget album. I don't mind it. I just yeah. think the Pigs cover is atrocious. Uh, I think their cover of uh, I Will Survive is also a bad, but I can't tell if that's a joke either. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I should have changed that fucking walk. I should have. <laughs> yeah, it's the way randomly just adds an F word in there for no reason. Yeah. Uh, another bad cover, I don't like the Whiskey in a Jar cover by Metallica. Not that, like, there's, like, an original version of that song just because like, an Irish folk song. But I really, I'm not a fan of Metallica post in '92, so. Right. I also oh, don't that's, like their that was a page cover either. <laughs> oh. Um. But uh, funny thing about Metallica, on uh, for some reason on the radio broadcast of the um, All Star Race, they kept playing Fuel. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and then they were just like, and that's the that's the fuel by Metallica, one of the hottest bands in the country. It's just like, why? Twenty years old. Right. <laughs> uh, is there any other like good ones you want to talk about? So I'm not just thrashing a bunch of shit for the rest of the time. <laughs> we we love to thrash things on this show. This is a thrash. This is a 
pro thrash, both thrash metal and thrashing things podcast. Um, oh yeah. Uh, let's see. Oh, take a chance on me. There's a cover by Erasure that is fantastic by uh, Abba. Abba is the goat band. This big, is a pro Abba podcast. Pro Abba podcast, yeah. <laughs> uh, Dazed and Confused by Led Zeppelin's a really good cover. At least I think it's a cover. I remember it being a cover. I think that's an original song, dude. I don't believe so. Okay, I looked it up. It says it's not, but it's it's actually okay uh it says it's not it's ins- i mean it is technically it's inspired by a song so i'm not like entirely wrong uh-huh but i'm also kind of wrong so okay consider me an idiot i sure do buddy <laughs> okay what else you got uh no doubt does a weird cover of it's my life by bon jovi uh, have you heard that before <laughs> No, I have not heard that one. I do love me some It's My Life by Bon Jovi. Because uh, Frank, as Frankie said, I did it my way. It is really funny. Uh, another really weird bad cover is Drift Away by Uncle Cracker. Um, oh, I love that one. It's not. I, I loved it when I was a kid just because I didn't know. I was, a, I was a child. But yeah, I don't know. I, I it's, it's a very Uncle Cracker song. So if you like Uncle well, Cracker, you'll probably like it. Yeah, I don't know. I like his other song more. And the other thing is, he just features the original guy. It's like, at that point, just do that song? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uncle Cracker's entire career confuses me. But it's Uncle yeah. Cracker, so what are you going to do, I suppose? Yeah. Um, his most popular song is just about fucking somebody else's wife. <laughs> that is true. Um, Uncle Cracker... I, I, there's also an Uncle Cracker song with Kenny Chesney. I don't remember the name of. That was really popular. Mm. But other than that, I just couldn't tell you anything about Uncle Cracker or anything that matters. Uh, <laughs> the Jimi Hendrix Along the Watchtower is really good. It's a really good right. cover. Can't, can't not mention that at least once. Uh, yeah, the fan does that one too very well. Uh, the Jeff Buckley cover of Hallelujah is really good. Uh, there are a number of good covers. Katie Lang does a fantastic. Hallelujah is one of the few songs that has like eight or ten good covers. <laughs> it's well, it's because it's well written <laughs> and the yeah, it's, and the. It's very easy to do a good cover of Hallelujah, but that's that. Right. That doesn't mean that it's um, an easy song by any means. It's just easy to do well if you're a good singer. Right, and if you if you and you know if you put your back into it. You can, you can <laughs> knock it out of the park. Uh, is there any other ones you got? I'm running out of my list. Oh, yeah. I've got Dancing on My Own on here, but as the original by Robin being better than the cover, which is by some English guy, which is oh, that yes. like slow version you hear. Um, the, uh, that ver- the Robin version is much better, as is the Robin version of any song. Um, Robin is a national treasure. Um, Sweden and the United States, really yeah. the world. And she's, Adam, she's, she's national treasure. I knew yeah, she's she, <laughs> yeah, she's like Bjork. She belongs to us all. Uh, I think the Red Hot Chili Peppers version of Higher Ground is really good. Um, it's uh-huh. just different enough from the Stevie Wonder version that it's uh, just like a completely different song almost. But I think it's right. really good. 
uh, let's see. That's about it, all I had. I didn't make a huge list, I suppose. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, no, that's fine. That's about that's about all I've got. What's the worst non-disturbed, non-five-finger death punch cover you've ever heard? Um, I, th- I think it's probably Metallica's Turn the Page. <laughs> whiskey. I don't like Metallica really at all. Those are both really bad. You don't uh, like Metallica? No, I don't. I don't like them past like the Black Album. Everything after that, I just don't like at all. Mm. Garage Incorporated shit. <laughs> Load and reload is garbage. Uh, Lulu's bad. Uh, the three Metallica fans that listen to this are gonna get really pissed at me, but. Hey, I'm a Metallica fan who listens to this. <laughs> are you pissed at me currently? <laughs> I'm always angry at you, Jackson. Well, that's that's true. Everyone's pretty much always mad at me. Yeah, and you do it to yourself, and that's what really hurts. Hit that Radiohead, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I really, I really want to just cut the podcast off there and just play just the entire song, and then it's just like, thanks for tuning in. <laughs> yeah, thanks for watching the Jack Sack or the Talking Sack experience. I right. might. When you listen oh. to this, uh, I might do that. Okay, that's it's not a bad idea because we're kind of out of shit. Yeah, so we just, are out of stuff. So, so cut, that's a good way to cut. <laughs> um, if I don't cut it out, uh, you're hearing this still, and thanks for watching. Uh, I have been uh, Jackson. Uh, that has been Liz, I believe. <laughs> Hello? What? Huh? <laughs> and you, you are watching you have not watching <laughs> you've been listening to the Black podcast on the network <laughs> do a Lipa, please DM please DM us do a Lipa Casey Musgraves please DM us Andy Lawrence, the big Andy three. Lawrence, respond. Uh, watch the Money Plane podcast. Watch it. Fuck. Yeah. Put your eyes watch NASCAR. Headphones. Watch Money Plane. Watch NASCAR. <laughs> Stand 5G Corona. <laughs> Everyone take care. <laughs>